This is Jean. This is Nicole. And this is Daniel. And we are a podcast, Magic is Just a Plane Podcast. Hey. Yeah. Here we let's, are. Let's do a MFing check in. <laughs> um, I would like everyone to know that I know I sound really far, but that's because I'm practicing social distancing. <laughs> wow. <even on> the- <laughs> um you know what let's forgive shitty audio right this is the world we live in it's all right it's okay is it though no (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here a bruja baddies exclusive creator gene munson doesn't care about audio (laughs) doing the most my laptop doesn't care about audio sorry laptop um so anyone out there who's got some extra monies hook up gene with some great audio Gene, you got a cash app or something? Unless they like hearing me far away. They're like, get her <laughs> further away. Get out of here. <laughs> How are all of you? Uh. <laughs> That's enough said, yes. Honestly, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I got yeah. into it with my mom earlier Ooh. in the week. Yeah. Can Do you want to dive into it? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, so... I know that my my mom is hella bored and is like on the verge of murdering my dad, but not really. Like she wouldn't, right? Um, and so like I I felt that guilt, like I um internalized that guilt as like or like her being bored was like my responsibility to um cure, I guess. And so I totally mm. gave in to um, buying some things on her non essential shopping list, and it was just way more um like stressful Mm. you know like the things we do for our parents um and and then she and she still like complains about the things that I get her like why wasn't this bag big enough or uh couldn't you get more of these and it's like uh you know I didn't have to do this for you right um and so like I broke it down for her like as as nice as I could like I I just said like I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna go to the store for you because like people aren't practicing social distancing and like there are a lot of people at this store um like so I went to like a a star nursery to buy her some plants and to buy her some soil Mm -hmm. um which like I should not have done it um and she was like complaining about the things that I picked up for her and is like expecting me to go again for her but like there are so many people out there not right. not wearing um, protective gear and not like and are all up on each other, um, and so like it was very stressful for mm-hmm. me and Heather and um, like me telling my mom that like she so I told her that like it was just too too risky for mm-hmm. us and her for me to be doing this because she's bored right um, and then she says okay by the way, you look like you're gaining weight. You should make me run a couple laps around your backyard. Yeah. So it's like, this is like her way of like, oh, you're not going to do what I want. Well, I'm going to tell, I'm going to hit you where it hurts the most, your appearance. And so, yeah. So I had to be like, "Mm, let me remind you once again, uh, not to comment on my body, um and like I have to have these conversations with her over text because I can't do them face to face because she just she like she just laughs at me and then 
um, I end up wanting to like lash out. Right. Um, and so uh, she was like, uh, or so I said, um, uh, like, as if this, if the only way that you could like tell me you love me is by like telling me that I'm fat or that you hate my hair, like you got to figure something else out. Cause like, right. this, this makes me not want to have a relationship with you. Um, and I even told her, I was like, you know, maybe you're used to talking, <laughs> to, or like maybe your mom talked to you like this. And now that like, you know, I'm almost 40 and I'm finally saying like, this is not okay. Like she, I think it's uh, really hard for her to accept mm-hmm. that. Um, and so she hasn't spoken to me since Monday. <laughs> hey, I mean, maybe, maybe you gave her something to chew on and that's a really good lead into um, what we're going to be discussing here today. <laughs> How about you, Daniel? <laughs> um, I'm doing okay. I like, I've gotten to a routine and then I'm, starting to find that this routine freaking sucks (laughs) and I'm just like uh like it has this been my life since I don't know like the past two months I'm like what have I done um it just doesn't feel I mean as much as I you know try to be as productive and try to be as like um like I don't know like creative and whatever I'm just like I don't feel awesome right Mm. um like I miss the things that I would do like during the summer I miss being outside I miss Mm -hmm. traveling I miss um just hanging out with people physically (laughs) um and like the summer's the time to do it but right now we really can't do any of those things um so now I'm kind of just like rehashing the things that like I'm doing now just so I kind of like distract myself from getting bored within my own routine that I've created for myself. That's fair. I think that there's a lot of uh, advice about a routine will make you feel better. And it's so refreshing to hear from somebody who's like, I don't know if that's the one cure all for everyone's day is that routine, you know? So thanks for that honesty about um, this adjustment period for all of us. So today we are diving into a topic that Daniel had brought up a few months ago, which is microaggressions. And um, before I even try to define that, or um, uh, I want my co-host to kind of share a few disclaimers on like getting into this topic um, before we hop on to this topic. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Um, so a few disclaimers about, um, about this topic, like we're only going to share what we want to share. Um, and also, like, I am sure that all of us here have, or um, I'm going to say all of us here have, have experienced some microaggressions based off of, like, our identity, our, our um, appearances and whatever. Um, but, like, we're only going to share, like, bits and pieces of it. And some may resonate with you, some may not. But please do note that these are our experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, be mindful of, like, your positionality. You might think, like, how is that a microaggression? But mm-hmm. for us, it is definitely a microaggression. Um, I brought this up to both Nicole and Jean because, um, like, two months ago, before, like, this whole, you know, like, quarantine thing happened, um, I was just, like, walking around the store. And um, I don't mind in my business because I was just grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
Like I have definitely like whenever I go to the store, I don't dilly dally. And I think that came from um, my hatred of going to the grocery store with my mom because mm. she would, uh, she would go to the store and have like a list of just like milk, chicken. That's all I'm going to buy. I'm like, <laughs> okay, great mom. And then it will take her like two hours just to go, go buy those two things. Right. So then now, like, whenever I go to the store, I'm just like, all right, here's my list. I'm in and out 15 minutes. Done. Um, but this one time at the store, I get stopped by, um, like, um, a white lady. Mm-hmm. And was just asking, oh, hey, do you know where I could get this? And I'm like, wait, what? And they're like, oh, sorry, I thought you worked here. And I'm like, I'm looking at myself and I'm like, okay, I'm wearing the clothes that I would wear normally. I have like my clip, my um, carabiner of like keys and like, Yay. like, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Like I don't work here, ma'am. Like, right. I, I don't know where it is. Like walk around. That's what you're supposed to do at a grocery store. Um, and then I go to another store. I have like a, like the same practically like the same experience. And I'm like, what is it about me? that says that I'm like a store employee. I'm like, okay, great. Like I understand that like maybe there's some things that um, like I might look appearance wise, look like a a grocery store like worker. But at the same time, like why is it that on the same day Mm. or like within like, or like maybe within the same week, I am getting mistaken for this. Is it because of my Asian-ness? Is it because I'm short and I look (laughs) lithe and young? (laughs) Um, (laughs) Or is it like, is it, just like do people just assume things about me and like that has not only happened that instance it has happened throughout my lifetime as an adult Mm. so I'm like I shouldn't beat my like head so much about this but at the same time it's like there's a pattern here and I want to figure it out and that's why I brought it up microaggressions Um, are you wearing red and tan no it's and and that's like that's another thing too like i was just like i don't look like like i'm not wearing like a target uniform right i'm not wearing anything that like that strikes that looks strikingly like a store employee's uniform so i'm like Mm -hmm. what the heck like i don't know where this is coming from Mm. um thank you daniel for sharing that uh i think that our, for our listeners and for us, um, there's some similar encounters on um, how people <laughs> operate on their bias in subtle, subtle ways like that. Like, oh, you, you know, um, being Asian can present itself as very second class citizen or working class. Um, so I want to read microaggression off the Google Internet. Um, probably not the best. So I would recommend taking a college course. Uh, Nicole has some recommendations for those who reside in the Las Vegas area um, and to really explore like what this term means in um, in your life um, and how we our examples today can kind of help you grapple with that. So microaggression is a term used for brief and commonplace daily verbal, behavioral or environmental indignities, whether intentional or unintentional, that communicate hostile, derogatory or negative prejudice. Judicial slights and insults towards any group, particularly cultural marginalized groups. So, um, I'll give, I guess, my 
um, lay, lay person's um, definition. Um, it's any kind of subtle um, insult, I guess, to, um, to your character, um, whether it be cultural, um, physical, like um, Nicole had brought up earlier. Um, and, you know, when people are like, well, it's micro and it's a microaggression, right? It's small and mean. But um, those things can begin to deteriorate um, your logic on how you perceive yourself. And so we're going to dive in um, with each of us kind of um, willing to share on personal experiences. So if any of you, if either of you would like to go first on that. <laughs> um, so or unless you want to add to my definition of microaggressions, you're more than welcome to. But, um, yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll add to it. So, and also to preface, if like folks are looking for classes at UNLV to um, maybe uh, consider Dr. Gloria Wong Pudung Pat um, in the psychology department, her research is um, on racial microaggressions. So, um, hit her up. <laughs> Thank um, you. I get like, so I would, so micro um, aggressions like the micro versus macro part, I, I often think about like um, subtle racism mm -hmm. versus overt racism. Um, like both, like the impact of both is great as in like large, but the way that it's delivered is not like, um, you know, like a clan person and a, um, like a cross burning. Right. Um, and more so like someone saying, oh, I just thought you'd be really good at math because you're Asian. Right. Mm -hmm. And because it doesn't look like we're physically segregated from each other. We, we appear that we're living in a post-racial society of like, we're past this, so I can say this. And I have friends who are this, so it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I for sure dated someone Asian, so I can definitely wear this uh, rice paddy hat. And, uh, you know, say whatever else fucked up thing. Right, <laughs> right. I As though people were merits. Go ahead, Daniel. Oh, I was also going to say that I think it's important to know that, like, the difference between, like, the intentional and unintentional, well, not difference, but, like, a microaggression is both um, intentional or unintentional. So right. even if, like, they didn't intend to, like, insult you, but you were still insulted by it, it is still a microaggression. Right. Um, in some of my early days dating Koi, um, Wait, who's Koi? <laughs> Koi is my now um, husband, but uh, in the first years, he had a core group of friends who they all come from a small town. And, you know, two out of three said hello to me. And one would just never communicate with me or even didn't even acknowledge I was in the room. <laughs> and even that's a microaggression, right? Is like to kind of dehumanize somebody, even in the subtle, um, social cue of not even recognizing <laughs> that there is another human. I mean, there's also been subtle things like, oh, she must eat dog, right? And I think that, mm -hmm. um, you know, and we're seeing these kinds of narratives resurface um, or these microaggressions resurface about Asian diet in um, the culture of COVID, right? Like, mm -hmm. oh, well, they eat from a flea market and, you know, so um, those are painful narratives that still exist, that are still being perpetuated, so. Um, um, so I want to add to that because um, 
I don't know if y'all saw uh, the CEO of Lululemon. No. Uh, okay, so they made a shirt um, that had like a bat in a Chinese takeout box, or like a Chinese takeout oh. box with bat wings, and oh says like and like had a caption that was like, "No, thank you," because you know COVID and like right. bat fried rice is supposed to be a thing. It was like a like very much a throwback to Abercrombie's um, right to Wong's make it white laundry yeah. service. Um, and just to be, so like that can be perceived as like a microaggression, but it has very, um, macro effects. Like, so you have a CEO Mm. who is like putting this casual racism out there, but you also have like people who buy his products and believe in the same things. And I mean, Lululemon is like, that's, uh, that's expensive, um, and also, I think he said something about, like, or they said something about, like, being particular about choosing the name Lululemon because it would um, be difficult for Native Asian speakers to pronounce the L's. And mm. then to have those pronounced as, like, R's is, like, so funny. So, right. um, I mean, tell your, your bougie yoga buddies. And then you'll, <laughs> you'll see who's down and who's not. Right, right. Um, yeah, you also make me think about reactions to microaggressions, right? Like, just put it back in my mind, don't care, roll it off. Um, it's a joke. Def- yeah, like, right. So I definitely think there are traces of psychological impact once, like, you know, as it builds. So um, let's dive into some of, um, and about any personal experiences. So I'll just read the line of questions so you don't have to go one by one. Uh, <laughs> Um, so on, on drawing upon a personal experience, how did you react and why, how did it feel? What does it say about you or your microaggressor? And, um, yeah, just as a jumping point for the storytelling that will take place on this episode. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I'm looking at the outline and like, I wrote a lot, (laughs) um, but I don't want to take up too much space on this episode. (laughs) Oh, um, do you want to go, Daniel? Sure, I could start. Um, okay. So, like, at first, um, I didn't really think of it. Um, and this is, like, like maybe, like, in my college days. Like, I didn't really think of it. And I was just right. like, oh, okay, so that was, like, a joke. Haha, <laughs> funny. Um, and then once I started to notice that there was just, like, a repeated instance that like that people would make comments like slightly about like my race or about like my um like my sexuality i'm just like mm. okay so now it's becoming like an issue with that person because it's um or like my my identity is becoming an issue to that person because they keep keep bringing it up even though it's supposed to be like joking haha it's funny um so then i started getting confused and then um, finally, sometimes like, you know, like the, the, the top just like comes off and I'm just like, dude, what the hell? Mm. Like, why are you saying these things? So like, those are like, that's how I feel whenever um, there are these microaggressions. But now that um, like that I'm able to pick it up a lot faster, um, like I get angry mm-hmm. real quick, real yeah. quick. Um, yeah, so that's how I feel with... Um, whenever I've experienced a microaggression towards me. 
Right. And would you say that you detect it better because of therapy? You know, um, we're given somewhat of a tool to see that when it's incoming or outgoing. Um, I would say so, yeah, especially that therapy allowed me to kind of not be, not just be mindful about myself, but also be mindful about like the people I surround myself with mm. and the like environment that I am in. Um, but I would also just say too that it's like that constant repeated, in, like those in, repeated instances where I'm just like, okay, so that's a microaggression. So then the next time someone else says something like that, it's definitely microaggression right you remind me of times like when someone says something insulting and then you think of a good comeback like a day later you know um, yeah <laughs> it's like damn it all right because you're like brewing a how much it hurts you but you weren't able to address it at the right time. maybe because of safety or maybe because of like um it's a shock you're still in a state of shock mm -hmm. um that that came out so um would you like to share next, Nicole? Or you want me to yeah, um, and so I guess to uh, piggyback, uh, bubbly back uh, <laughs> <laughs> off of that. That's um, another podcast name. <laughs> bubble bubbly back. Um, the uh, like therapy part of um, like shaping how I. Um, react to microaggressions is like one part. And then I would say like coming into consciousness um, and like having access to like radical feminist um, professors who like teach you like, like the difference between someone being um, like discriminatory and then like systemic racism right. and everything that falls under that, like that has helped me recognize it. Um, and that therapy does help me try to process it afterwards. I mean, like, I'm pretty non-confrontational. Um, <laughs> it's weird because I talk a lot of shit online. Um, <laughs> but, and that's something that I have to work on, right? Um, but, like, it's, it is very hard to deal with it in the moment because, like, there is that rage behind that. Right. Like, mm -hmm. like, I'm fucking sick and tired of, like, right. uh, like, folks treating Asian folks in particular as like uh, like magical creatures like or like so I'm thinking about like my experience in um queer fandom and how right. like folks of color in particular are like heralded as like these these like magical like all know knowing of all knowledge like they're here to like teach white people how to be like mm. less trash like no. Right. Um, and my, I think because I like have experienced that so much and I, and I know that it's got, it's gotta be like 10 times, like I'm upset about it, but like, mm. this is like stuff that, um, black and indigenous folks deal with like on the daily, mm -hmm. um, like all day long, like their entire lives. Um, so like me being upset about it is like the, like it's, I don't know what to say, like nugget increments. I don't, but anyway, so right. um, like, I just want to lash out at people and it does feel good to um, be as big of an asshole as someone as, as another asshole, but like, it doesn't do anything to like, um, like progress that moment. Right. Like we're both just assholes <laughs> to each other. Right. right. Um, like it doesn't reverse I, anything. 
Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, I don't want to fuck with white folks who aren't willing to really do the work to um, like reevaluate their relationship to white supremacy. Um, Cause like you, like you could say that all day long, but, and you could talk about like, well, I listen to Janelle Monet. I can't be racist, (laughs) you know, like, but the way that you treat other folks of color, once you and your white friends have been critiqued for your like complicity in white supremacy shows me everything about how you really feel about um, your whiteness. That was a read. (laughs) (laughs) You really raise a good point, right? Like, okay, not thinking of the comeback right away. Um, And even if you you never come back with a comeback, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's also a practice of not allocating that emotional labor, right? Even Mm -hmm. if it's like, this is not someone you'll ever fuck with, but it's just like, but why though? Like, I mean, it's, and I'm not saying avoid the whole emotional labor. Some, sometimes some people are worth the growth moment and mm-hmm. some people are just not worth it. So um, that is another good thing that you brought up. Um, are people, is this worth having this conversation with uh, at your expense emotionally? Because it takes a lot to have to be uh, an explainer for anything. I, okay, I'm going to ask a, like, a, a devil's advocate question. I don't know. Eh. you food ass. <laughs> That's me. I'm a sinful man. Um, let me, so devil's advocate question, because um, I'm sure that some of uh, our listeners are going to maybe ask this question, uh, like ask right. themselves this question. Um, if, let's say, so um, both Nicole and Jean said that maybe we shouldn't expend all this like emotional labor on like retorting on that like microaggression. If we don't, you know, like talk to that person or if we don't, you know, like confront our microaggressor, are we um, like feeding into like this culture of microaggression mm. or like, are that, we right? Yeah. Like I, I, I don't see know what you're I, saying. Yeah. Um, I'll take a stab at it. Um, first off, um, I used to ask myself that, right? Like, uh, if they're never going to know because I didn't say anything to you, but I think that there is a moment where you assess your safety, right? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go into, like, a group of people who are very anti-Asian American, right? But if it's worth having one, one-to-one with someone from that group, then I feel safe, right? Or if I'm really feeling like, come at me, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it depends on the day and it depends on my level of mental stability in being able to address the microaggressions. Yeah. And also like, where are these white allies? Mm. <laughs> but <laughs> like, and also, um, oh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. But like, okay, so like, yeah, I don't want to um, feed into that energy, that negative energy with, like, my own. Um, and, there, like, there has to be some kind of cross-cultural, like, um, coalition building, I guess. Mm. Like, like, they don't know that they're being racist unless they're being told that they're racist. And then it's up to them to decide if they believe folks of color or not. Right. Um, so I think that's, like, where the... Res- I guess our part, quote unquote, like right. can end. Um, Cause yeah, I'm, I'm really unwilling to um, want to build community with, with folks who just don't want to do the work. Like 
that don't want to be vulnerable and um, do that work and like to use your white privilege to, um, I don't know, leverage it in a way where it benefits a person of color. Mm. Right. Um, I want to bring up something else in microaggressions too, um, is how privilege can happen among our own brown communities. Mm-hmm. Certain ideals are upheld. I just read that zine, um, Big Girl Rock from Keat in Canada. You can find them on Makeshift Love on Instagram. And there's a narrative about um, how they would go to a, like a, they would go to a family gathering on Sunday and all the elders there were fat phobic and made comments. And by the time that they hung out with their cousins on that same Sunday, that they would say and perpetuate the same fat phobic mm. And I, I'm so appreciative for that narrative, makeshift love. I can definitely resonate. And, you know, um, having lived with that, with the subtle, those subtle comments that exact word for word, what Nicole was saying that come up that really uphold Eurocentric ideals um, are painful, especially growing up decades upon decades um, as a what as an individual with that right and so mm-hmm. my, my initial response before having a therapy toolkit was uh, to laugh it off right that was my state of shock laugh it off um, play into the narrative of the funny like fat person as a way to protect myself and I mm-hmm. saw my own mental health deteriorate mm-hmm. um, having believed that narrative um, be- from being a yes person from being a pleaser and I think that that is an extent that microaggressions can take a toll on mental health if never addressed, if never um, taken the time to really tell that one obscure aunt, you're really harming me, you're really hurting me, and I will continue to see this harm in my life because your narrative will always be with me because I've prescribed to it. And um, so I definitely think that microaggressions can happen within our own brown communities. Or to even perpetuate that against other communities of color. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, I'm thinking of, like, anti-immigrant, uh, right. like, a, very much of uh, buying into model minority narratives and, like, you know, I came here the right way. Right. Or, uh, like, just saying stuff about, like, just being nasty towards like Latinx communities um, and especially black men for sure. Um, like anti-genate and like own people. Hello? I but I'm thinking about like, you're chopping oh no, up. oh no. <laughs> <laughs> the Zoom spies are on us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so for sure. Um, there's the Zoom is being microaggressive in interrupting this conversation. <laughs> I'm sorry, but Nicole. It's all right. It, you know, it's fine. I was thinking about like, um, like my parents, um, like just think that every Spanish speaking person is from Mexico is like, right. that's, that's not South America, Central and South mm. America is just not Mexico. Um, or, and, like, the unwillingness to, like, let go of that type of sentiment. Right. Um, or And just, like, a whole, uh, like, uh, folks don't want to learn English. It's, like, of half, like, my entire life as 
I've been like your interpreter. Like you, right. you're speaking English, but other like uh, native oh. English speakers right. don't understand you. So like, I have to be that interpreter. So like, why are you doing this? But right. um, yeah, like there's just a lot of layers. Right. I think, I think within that too, I feel like uh, people are just not um, realizing their own selfishness as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I remember when I, um, you know, was when, um, like the Black Lives Matter movement was, um, was like first up and coming. And I was talking mm-hmm. to like my, my dad about it. Um, he was just like, well, well, we're safe. And I'm like, that's not the point, dad. Yeah. That is not the point. Right. Yeah. That's um, a racial wedge at work there. Right. right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I was, I, I would also like to like say too, that there's, um, like we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, like, uh, like the Asian community and like other like uh, communities of color. Um, I also like would like to bring up like microaggressions within like the queer community as well. Mm-hmm. Do tell, do tell. Um, no fast, um, no femmes, no Asians. Yeah. What? Um, I don't know like, this. Tell. Oh, it's because you're. It's because you're straight. <laughs> <laughs> um, so um, for me, like, I mean, it's not like I'm no stranger to like the dating apps and it's like as a um as a queer like Asian man like a lot of people um are not like quote quote attracted to Mm -hmm. um to how I am and how I look because like I'm Mm -hmm. not like like a buff Asian like I'm not a buff dude um Mm -hmm. I'm very petite um I would even say that like I don't talk like I don't talk like a guy, quote, quote. Um, So then like, I'm already just like, yeah, like, no, thanks. Um, I would like, that's like a microaggression. And like, I'm not the only person that would like experience that. And some of the, um, some of the um, profiles too, kind of like what uh, Nicole said, um, would say no fats, no femmes, no Asians. Mm -hmm. Um, And they would say like, oh, it's just a preference. It's like, no, you're, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're definitely just like discriminating against like a person's like identity and a person's right. like phys- physique and calling it um a preference which is like right. completely just like bullshit right wow i thank you daniel i i am realizing a lot of things just even you know every time i learn together uh how our intersectional identities really make us not exempt right like at some point <laughs> You will bump in to a microaggression. It's like a daily <laughs> nonstop thing. And it's, um, I don't know. I don't have the answers to how, how do you tune that out? Like, how do you um, navigate that balance of tuning out while um, defending your humanity? Right. So like to your, to what you're able to, what you're capable of doing so mm-hmm. that you don't like burn out right right so um way to way to pose us on our audience some real heavy stuff which is worth <laughs> talking about in a very volatile time where we're um in the middle of crisis right and so people tend to point more fingers or amplify um anger towards uh, groups so um this is really mainly to be mindful of like when you start uh are, you're out in public and you begin to interact in a way that really shows your bias, um, be mindful. Remember this episode. 
Um, every day is a moment of growth. Any last words on or wisdom or last thoughts, questions from our other co-hosts today? I do want to point out that like, um, I've, and I totally forgot that, uh, Cuya Constancio, uh, so like I asked them about this cause you know, for a while I thought that I was going to be a professor or something, whatever. Um, and he, he says that like when folks say like really wild shit to like ask them to, um, expand on that like and to use why questions and I, I for sure got to a point where like I could be like uh, what do you mean by that and it like puts folks on the spot to really reevaluate like their trash opinions but like you're you're also never going to shame someone into better behavior like that's just not going to happen right yeah. that's good you're like putting emotion you're like trying them to use their own emotional labor to get through logic right. yeah that's smart that's yeah. smart Wait, Nicole, I have a question. So, Cleo mm. um, says the why questions. What I like to do with like my students is like the how questions too. Mm-hmm. That's another Ooh. part of like generalization. Yeah. yeah. So I think it could also like add on like, how does that make you feel? Mm-hmm. Instead of like, how does that make me feel? Because they don't know how you feel. They don't have to. Right. But like for them yeah. to say that comment towards you or like make, you know, like that action towards you, how does that make them feel? Right. That's amazing. Thank you both. I, that's, you, pro, you propose meaningful ways of meaningful conversation. Um, and I think in those ways, you kind of reinstall safety, right? Like uh, I'm not coming at you, even if you did something derogatory, but why, how? Um, great, great advice for those listening. Um, well, I love coming on to the air with y'all. Um, any last words, last thoughts, last love notes to our um, o- very loyal audience? Uh, be nice to each other and be nice to yourself. Yes, I agree. Great. Well, we're going to s- sign off. This is Jean. This is Nicole. This is Daniel. And this is a podcast to magically disappoint all microaggressions. <laughs> Your microaggressive aunties. <laughs> <laughs>